we praise you and we magnify you. For it is your goodness and the revelation of your goodness and your mercy that leads people to change their mind about who you are. We thank you, Lord, that as we experience your life and the salvation that you bring to us through the blood of Jesus Christ, that we recognize how good you are, that when we were dead in our trespass and our sin, when we were far away from you, you loved us so much. And in order to satisfy your love for us, you sent Jesus to pay the only price that could be paid, innocent blood to redeem our life. If you gave Jesus, how would you not with him freely give us all things? That we might have everything that we need to fulfill this new life that we have in Christ. To live in the freedom and the liberty by which you've made us free. That we might display to others around us that anyone, anyone that's been dead in trespass and sin can be set free. When they see how good you have been to us. When we demonstrate the reality of that goodness through the life that we now live by faith in you. We display your goodness and it's your goodness displayed through us and the message of your gospel that causes people to change their mind about you. Repent of their sin and give their life to you. So Holy Spirit, anoint us and teach us how to live in that life and that anointing of the Spirit of God every day in a real way, knowing that we're affecting people around us who are looking for that which fulfills, that which is good, beyond the natural, but that will touch their heart, penetrate to their spirit. So equip us to be lights of your goodness, lights of the gospel, the glad tidings that you've redeemed man from the destruction of sin. They might have relationship with you, their creator. Holy Spirit, we thank you for that anointing, the fullness of our salvation that not only saves us from eternal separation, but heals our body, sets us free from bondage, binds up our brokenness. We thank you for that anointing. We pray over these requests and these cloths in the name of Jesus. That anointing would saturate these cloths and bring healing to the sick. Deliverance to those who've been held captive by substance. That even as we've just sung, setting the captive free, releasing the addicts from their addiction, healing those who've been wounded by disease. You can do it. We rejoice and know that you are well able to perform that which you've promised. And your word declares the fulfillment of the promise that you are our healer in that you bore stripes upon your back. And by your stripes, we are healed. We thank you that your power is present in this place. For those watching, your power is present to heal. Holy Spirit, bring wisdom and revelation 
to each one that they might have a revelation, see themselves totally healed, totally whole. Give them wisdom of the application of the blood and the word concerning their situation. That with the revelation and the wisdom of the application, the enemy cannot stand against the power of the word and the blood executed in the name of Jesus. So we declare bodies healed. Those who are bound delivered. Those who are broken made whole. We thank you for it. We approach your word as it is in truth the holy written word of God. Give us ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying. Holy Spirit, give us utterance. Speak as we ought to speak concerning the day and the hour that we live in. Prepare us for what's been prepared for us so that this week when we step out, we begin to occupy the places that our feet tread upon. That we're not occupied by everything else that is going on around us, but we know who we are. We know how to. In the spirit of love, And by the Spirit of God, occupy the places that we live in to be an influence of righteousness and godliness wherever we go. So we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you for everything that will be accomplished in every heart and life by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll look at somebody next to you and say, by the authority of God's word, you are not my problem. If you believe that, you can be seated. Praise the Lord for all of you that believe your neighbor is your problem. Remain standing, and we will pray for you. (laughs) Good morning, church. Welcome. It is a great day to be alive. You're a little bit more quiet for my good, uh, but uh, we'll just get some interchange here. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us by live stream. We're glad you're here. Uh, Welcome our Meeker campus uh, being with us. Why don't you look at them? Give them a big hand uh, there in our Meeker campus. We're glad that you are with us today, and I'm glad that you all are here with us today. And, uh, you know, uh, that analogy of Alan was just awesome. Uh, We need to be steadfast. We need to get a grip on the things that God has given us and not let go. But, you know, he always wants to talk about my lap dog. But I don't know about you. My lap dog has never actually spoken to me. So I think it's really amazing that his dog held onto the bone, but his dog could actually tell him, don't take this or I'll rip your head off. That's an amazing dog that you had. And with that threat, I'm sure that's why you don't have a nice dog like Lola. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, open your Bibles with me. Uh, We're going to start a new series of messages this morning uh, that we have entitled PPE. Anybody here heard about PPE in the last couple of years? Uh, Personal protective equipment. But you know, in the spirit, we have personal protective equipment. And so we've really named this PPE a growing season. And so we're going to talk about three things here uh, 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 in this just short series of messages that I believe are very important for us as believers right now. And the reason that we've called it a growing season, and we'll look at this, but as we begin to uh, really unpack just a little bit these three things, patience, perseverance, and endurance, they weave together. Some of them have a little bit different, but they all produce something. 
They all produce something. And in the world that we live in right now, the world system is endeavoring to get everybody to be incredibly reactive. Incredibly reactive in the moment. There's been a process through fast food, through instant food, that we have began to subtly be conformed to this world. The very thing that Romans uh, tells us, Romans chapter 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the kingdom of God, even when we look at certain things and we look at the book of Acts, where, you know, in Acts chapter 2, it says, and suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. We think, well, we need some of those instantlies here, but it didn't say instantly. It said suddenly, suddenly, right? Have you ever watched, you know, in the springtime, you watched a flower grow and you watched it, but all of a sudden one morning, suddenly it opened up, but it didn't open up instantly. Suddenly through a process, it came to maturity and blossomed. See, God has set things in motion that way. In Genesis, he said, listen, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. And I know that that word is one word. It means of a season of seed. But, you know, one, I heard one minister said, you know, let's just look at it this way. Let's just break it down, that there is seed, time, and harvest. There's seed, time, and harvest. And we like seed harvest. We like seed harvest. I prayed it, and hopefully by the time I get around the corner this afternoon, God has performed. I put the offering in the bucket, and by this afternoon, my bank account should be full. And that's how we started to translate believing God. And if we had to wait for anything, we thought God wasn't performing. We thought the word wasn't true. Much of what Alan just said in his message that we get to, then we start saying, well, it's not working. But the word of God works. The word of God works every single time if we have the wisdom to apply it and we're willing to allow the process to bring it to full fruition. Because even Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that now, right now, faith is. Right now, faith is the substance of our Hope, or it is the substance, our belief in God and our, his word, our conviction in the truthfulness of God and his word is the very substance or foundation of our expectation. But it's also the proof of what we do not see. So faith has a process, but it begins now. The moment you hear the word and make a choice to believe it, a process of what God has promised coming to performance or to fruition starts. The issue is that many times as believers, we aren't willing to wait from expectation to manifestation. We're not willing because we don't understand what patience really is. We're going to unpack that a little bit. We think, oh, so now I believe that I just sit around and do nothing. No, you carry it by patience from expectation to manifestation in faith, in faith. So in Romans chapter four, we know that we have the same faith as Abraham, Paul said, and said that Abraham didn't grow weak in faith, 
How did he not grow weak in faith? Because he always continued to strengthen himself, giving glory to God, knowing that even though he didn't see a son, even though it was taking time, and he knew, listen, Sarah's not able to bring forth a son, but God can certainly use me. What's he waiting for? Well, the Bible tells us, not in the Old Testament, but the New Testament, what was God waiting for? God was waiting so that not only Sarah Sarah could not bring forth children, but neither could Abraham. But he didn't know what was God waiting for. God's waiting so that it won't be of you. You won't be able. She won't be able. It'll be totally of me. But instead of getting weak and go, what are you waiting for? God, I quit because I can never bring forth a son. You waited too long, God. No, he continued to say, God is able to perform that which he promised. He didn't abandon his faith while he was being patient, but his patience brought him through. And Hebrews says that we should be that same place just as those who have gone before, not to struggle, not to come down and get weary, but by faith and patience, we inherit the promise. By faith and patience, we inherit the promise. Turn over to James, the fifth chapter. James, the fifth chapter, starting in the seventh verse, it says this. You don't have this one, Caleb, so uh, you don't have the first two that I'll bring about, but we'll pick up from there. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes in the morning, I'm just praying and other scriptures come to me, but we do the best that we can. James chapter five, verse seven, it says, be patient, therefore. Everybody say patient. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience. Everybody say patience. Patience. Has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. Be you also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near. He says he's, he's just using God as an example. He said, listen, he is the one waiting for the harvest. Peter says this, he's not slack like we count slackness. In other words, God's not just sitting around for waiting for no reason. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And he knows that there is a process to bringing forth fruit. There's the early and the latter rain. There's an early outpouring. There's a latter outpouring. There's things growing in between. He says, likewise, we should be patient and establish our hearts. So there's something about time. There's something about time. And just as the world is trying to mingle a lot of things together with our our race, our gender, all those things, they want to mingle and really kind of eliminate our understanding of time and be so impatient with time. But there's so many things that God has created to work in time. God is eternal, but we are here, and God is working things in us in time. And we begin to get in a hurry, and we begin to want things like right now. You know, if you're a single person here, and you're thinking about marriage, you're like, man, when is God going to bring that person? Well, I don't know, but don't get in a hurry just to be married. Well, what do I do? See, too many people, too many young people wait. They're like, well, I'm just waiting, and I'm looking, and I'm waiting. And all the time they're waiting, they're doing everything they want to do. They're doing uh, what they have time to do. But he says, listen, this is a good time to establish your heart. To walk in love, to get in the Word, so that when God does bring that person, 
You're not scrambling to become mature. You're maturing yourself. So be patient for God to bring the right person, trusting that what you're waiting for is that they're establishing their heart and you're establishing your heart so you have a better union and you don't have to work all these things out later. Financially, well, I'm waiting for the ship to come in. Well, what are you doing while you're waiting for the ship to come in? Are you sowing? Are you, do you got seed in the ground? Are you learning how to handle your finances and be responsible with the ship when it comes in? Amen. We're not just waiting in a chair with our feet up for something to happen. But we're actively participating in time because that time, and in that time, God is working something and bringing things to full maturity and full growth, not just in the natural, but in you and me. He said, he's coming back. What are you doing? Well, I'm just waiting for him to come back. But if you're patient, you're establishing your heart that he is coming back. And what are you going to be doing until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? Just sitting around or knowing that he's coming, know what your part is till he comes again and be active in doing it. You say, well, that, that wouldn't be patient. Well, we'll unpack that. That is patience. Patience isn't just sitting around eating chips and popcorn, watching to see what's going to happen next and whether it's going to be entertaining or troubling to you, but actively being involved. We start to understand time just a little bit. Time is something that makes some things better and some things worse. You know, I think we all know that with time, you can get a really good cheese. You can get a really good cheese. Time makes cheese better. They say time makes your blue jeans better. Works out the stiffness, you know. They say that time makes balsamic vinegar better. There's something working in the chemicals to bring it together to make it more robust, more full of taste. We know that time makes wine better. The tannin, the sugar, the acid in it start to come together. They start to react together over time, not instantly. They begin to work together over time. You know, there's things in, in God's word. There's things in our fellowship together that only start working to make things smoother and better over time. On the other hand, milk does not get better with time. If you're ever in a restaurant and he brings out some milk and he says, this milk is 1901. It was a very good year. Don't drink that milk. It doesn't get better with time. And there are elements of our life that if we're not aware of it, don't get better with time. They sour with time. But there's other areas of our life that only get better and better with time. Turn over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul, speaking to the Corinthian church, says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. 
Come on, with everything that's going on us around today, stuff's coming at you at the speed of news, bam, 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 bam. Then as soon as you get done saying, I'm not going to listen to the news, your best friend, your spouse comes to tell you what they watched on the news. Right? You, you just can't get away from it unless you go up into the mountains and just shut everything off. So in other words, it's still just going to come at you for what purpose? To cause you to think things are falling apart right now, to work on you, to lose heart. How many of you believe in God? Come on. If you believe that God is God, God is God, he's not panicked right now. He's not going, oh, that just happened. I better get busy. He didn't get anxious. God knows. And God knows that he put you and I right here in 2021 for such a time as this. He told us in his word, if you look at it, that the last of the last days would look like this in its substance. The only thing is we've read that before and we went, yeah, 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 not in America. But all of a sudden it's happening just like he said. It just doesn't look like we thought it was going to look. And so God has been saying to us as a church, he is preparing us for what he's prepared for us so that when we arrive in that place, we are not occupied by it, but we occupy it. But how many of you last week when school started and they announced it were totally occupied by that rather than stopping and saying, I'm going to take a little bit of time to pray, let God give me wisdom, and then I'm going to step into the office with wisdom and share with people what I believe. Or did we totally get occupied and say, I want you to know I'm a Christian, and then right after that, didn't even act like Jesus. Come on. What a bold declaration. But then we say things Jesus never would have said. We call people names they never would have called. Come on, now you say you're stepping in, you're stepping on my toes. Come on. God's prepared us for this to take a step back and say, the world, and in the world we're going to have trouble, but we can be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. And you might look and say, it doesn't look like he's overcoming, but that's why we step back and we say, wait a minute, you're doing something, and instead of reacting to fight flesh with flesh, which never works. We begin to understand, though we're in this world, we're not of this world. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Doesn't mean you don't stand up. It's how you stand up. It's the wisdom by which he wants to give you to speak. It doesn't mean that they won't accept it. But when Jesus spoke, they said, whoa, this guy speaks with authority. Why did they think that? Because he was speaking natural words that penetrated to their spirit. And they went, we've never heard anything that penetrates right to our spirit. We have to ponder this. We have to think about this. They had to figure a way to get offended. But when he could do no mighty work there, what did he do? He went out and still had influence and taught in their cities. We don't want to react 
and in a moment's time, take away the influence that God has determined for us to have. Saying something we shouldn't have said to stop the influence that we should have, but stepping back and letting God give us what to say in that moment. Keeping doors of influence open because we've taken just a moment not to react in the flesh, but in the spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Well, that sucked the air out of the room. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is yet for a moment, is doing what? It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Something's going on right now that might not be pleasant to the natural man, but it's working something far greater that will go beyond just the temporary. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary or in the process of decay. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They're eternal. He said there's going to be things in the natural, and because the natural man is perishing or perishable, it will begin to sour your natural man over time if you let it. If you're living simply from the flesh, there are things that you need to react to right now, you think, because if I let this go, it's going to make me more sour. But there are things that are happening that the spirit man says, wait a minute, step back and let God begin to work something that won't sour you, but will mature you and perfect you. Again, for the body of Christ, for myself, for us, it's time to stop letting our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions simply dominate us and react to what we see in this realm and allow our spirit man to go beyond and come above what we see with the natural and see that God has a plan for this generation and to reach this generation and he's not caught by surprise of what the devil's doing he said that darkness would cover the earth and deep darkness the people but they'd be drawn to the brightness of the rising of those who would arise and shine with the glory of God He has a time for us to bring light and influence even in the midst of darkness and distress. But it's going to take us stepping back, not agreeing, not saying, well, it's okay, not just saying patience is what does he want me to do, just sit back and take it. No, step back, get into the presence of God, allow the Spirit of God to strengthen us and to give us wisdom that transcends. The Bible says when our conduct becomes that which is godly, they may come against you, but when they find out that you've done it right, they're ashamed of the accusations that they brought. 
God has actually told us that there would be times when we needed to act in wisdom and people wouldn't like it, but because our conduct is righteous and it's holy and it comes out of our spirit and the Holy Spirit, that though they would come against and reject and be offended, they would look and say, but this is right. And so there's times, there's seasons, and we'll talk about it. There are things that are done in windows of time, and we have to recognize and be ready to respond within a certain window of time. Not react, but because of faith and patience, we are ready when the promise comes to step through that window of time and not miss it. Too often as believers, we're just hanging back, waiting, and a window of time comes, and we miss that window of time because we weren't ready. But if we're readying ourselves and a window opens, we can take advantage of that window of time. The Bible says that we should be ready to take advantage of every opportunity that comes for us to do good. Time can either work against us or work in our favor. Time is working against the natural man because the natural man is perishing. But time is working in favor of the spirit man because he's eternal. Praise the Lord. Come on. So open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. It's got a couple of things we're introducing here. Somebody say patience. patience. Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 28. He says, have you not known or have you not heard? I like Isaiah. He does this. Paul does this. Paul says a lot. Didn't you know? As a believer, didn't you know? Isaiah, you know, a couple times here he says, have you not heard? Didn't you know? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, we're going to go back to that, but I'm jumping in here with me at Galatians chapter 6. Hopefully, I can tie these together. Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7, says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you also will reap. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the flesh, eventually you will sour. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Get better with time. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, you might highlight that. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go through this series, due season. For in due season, not your season, due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart or you don't faint. So we come clear over into the New Testament. 
Paul warns us against sowing and fainting or getting tired, getting weary before the harvest. So go back to Isaiah chapter 40. We've heard this, but I want to hopefully bring out some things that will help us. We have to understand that when we go through this world, there, there's that element that would try to cause us to think daily. I mean, uh, again, when you're going through life and the challenges that are upon all of us right now, and they're different for everyone, although the, the culture that we're in, there's pressure on this side, that side, whether it's with your teenagers, whether it's with your school children, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's with your job, it just seems like there's pressure to make decisions, to divide, to pull you away. And by the time you get to the end of the day, you're like, man, I'm exhausted. He said, listen, this will happen in the natural man. But God, who is your God, does not get weary. He's not tired. He knows what the ultimate plan is. He's not slack like you would count slackness. He's not asleep in the back of the boat and going to let you die. He's planning on getting to the other side. He's planning on getting to the end. And that end is where the gospel is preached to every creature, to your neighbor and my neighbor, to the people that you work with and the people that I work with. The gospel, not the politics of the day, the gospel of how God loves us and Jesus died for us. Not trying to mingle those things together in such a way that it doesn't, it's not relevant to somebody that doesn't agree with you, but it's relevant to the spirit of man who's lost and dying and without hope. He said, I'm not waiting just for the political atmosphere to change. I'm waiting for the church to arise up and understand the mission that there's still people that are lost and would die and go to hell if I came back today. And there'll be people who die and go to hell because they made a choice, not because they didn't hear. If we get busy and look above all that changing and saying, We're moving towards the change because he's not weary and he's not going to stop in his operation to get the gospel into all the world so that Jesus can come back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So so what do we do about that? God's not tired, but I am. says he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. He said, in the days even the youth shall faint and be weary. Ever talk to any young people who you thought would have a lot of energy and they're just like, I'm wore out. Because they're being bombarded every day. Young men shall utterly fall. But this statement, we all know this statement. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Now listen, if you're just sitting there waiting on God to do something, it's going to take a long time. Really what he's saying, if you break this down, he said that those who will go into a place, that word wait actually means to begin to combine and twist together. To twist together. He said, listen, if you're weak and you're, you're feeling like you're going to fall and you're going to faint and you haven't received the promise, the harvest yet, don't faint. Take time to begin to get into the prayer closet to get into the word of God and start allowing your life to begin to intertwine with his life. 
Like Ecclesiastes says, two are good, but a threefold cord is not easily broken. Acts says, times of refreshing come in the presence of the Lord. He's not saying, go into your living room, kick up on the recliner, and just wait until God does something. He's saying, go into your prayer closet, go into the Word, and take some time and begin to allow His life to become a vital, active, working part of your life like never before. To fulfill the prayer of Jesus that we would become one even as he and the Father were one. Not simply in concept, but in application of the word and beginning to see and look and have the Holy Spirit bring revelation of the word and application to our day-to-day life and putting that into practice, that the word now becomes primary and a part of our life. The confession of that word, as Alan said, that when there's a revelation of the word of God, that we get onto it like a bone and we don't let go, that we're patient, we're staying with it. And we're not going to let somebody steal it. We're holding on to the bone until we finish the bone. Until we're bad to the bone. (laughs) Come on. It's not being distracted. That bone meant enough, I'm sure, at that time, where if you wanted to get it from that dog, you'd have to try to distract him, but he wasn't going to be distracted. It's like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get my bone. Forget that noise. Come on. God's given us every good and every perfect gift. He supplied everything that we have need of that pertains to life and godliness. He said, get a hold of it like that dog on that bone. And understand, listen, I'm not letting go. And the devil's going to come and say, hey, look at that over there. Chase that. Hey, look at that over there. Hey, look at that distraction. Hey, look at that. And we have to say, you know what? I got a hold of this like a dog on a bone. You're not going to get me to chase this and that. I got a hold of the promises of God. And when he says, well, you got to hold the promises of God, well, then why is it not happening? You don't go, yeah, I wonder why it's not happening. You stop right there. You raise your hand and you say, listen, I'm going to glorify God. I'm not going to look at what's not happening. I'm going to glorify God, knowing that he's well able to perform that which he promised. But I know exactly what he promised because I've been spending time intertwining my life with the life that's in the word, with the life that's in the Holy Spirit. And I'm strengthening myself, not just in activity, but in intertwining my life in the life of God. I'm not just sitting waiting for God to do something. I'm beginning to work together with God. I'm strengthening so that when I arrive at things, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When we're fighting in the flesh, it wears us out. I've been fighting, I've been fighting, I've been doing what's right, and you're wore out. It says when we put on the whole armor of God and recognize we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. We're not fighting with our own armor that we've come up with. We put on the armor of God. And he renews our strength. 
And Paul said that. Paul said, listen, the enemy came against me. I began to get weary. I asked God, could you get this to stop? And God said, my grace is sufficient. He got a revelation of God's empowerment, his grace. And he said, I'll glory in my weakness then. Because I understand what I can't do in the flesh. The grace of God empowers and strengthens me to do. So that now... I might be weak in the flesh. I might have been tempted to sour, but all of a sudden something has come. This light affliction is but for a moment, but it's working a far greater weight of glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I figure out exactly what I want to do. That'll be good. We'll just pick up from there next week. Let you think about that. God wants us to be intricately and actively involved with our everyday life, not just our Sunday life. Our everyday life. He wants to strengthen you in your marriage. He wants to strengthen you in your family, your relationship with your children, with your teenagers. He wants to strengthen you in relationship in the community. That you could have influence. And the enemy is trying to weaken every one of those relationships. He's talking to your mind. You need to make a decision right now. You need to decide if you're going to do this or not do this. It's time to step back and go, you know what? You can't make me do what you want me to do. I'm going to step back and wait on the Lord. I'm going to step back. Right now, I've become a little frazzled. I'm a li- I feel a little afraid. I'm, I'm coming apart. Which if you're coming apart, that just tells you you've been spending time listening to the wrong stuff. So I'm going to come back into the presence of God and get woven back together. So that cord can't be broken. Come on, that waiting. I'm going to patient. Patience isn't just what we think. God, give me patience and do it right now. That word patience, will break it in just a little bit, but just so you understand, it means a constancy. It means a constancy. It doesn't mean sit and put your feet up. It means when everything is changing around you, you keep believing God. You keep walking with God. You and I keep doing what's right. We keep saying what's right. There's a constancy. That's how by faith and patience they received the promise because they believed God and they stayed with it no matter what the circumstance was. So we walk in love, in constancy, in peace. That's patience. Because it's working something far greater than the affliction that the enemy is imposing on you. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up? Right, we're going to pray for people who are leaving. Just going to. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you so great and you're greatly to be praised.
Thank you for the blood of Jesus that has redeemed our life unto God. Holy Spirit, bring us wisdom and understanding concerning our life. And we've entered into that place of eternal life when we were born again. And so those things that began to try to work against us in the moments of time to dissuade us or get us into unbelief that you are working something far greater within our inner man, our spirit man. And that we begin to look on the inside and allow the spirit of God to work in our inner man to bring forth the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our human spirit. We begin to allow that process to take place with great patience, knowing that you're able to bring about in us and through us what you've promised. If there's anyone watching right now or anyone in this room that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you may have gone to church. This wasn't necessarily a salvation message as we'd call it, but you know my life's been in turmoil. Things have been upside down. I need that place of rest, that patience. I need that strength that comes from combining my life with God's life. But that begins, you enter into that newness of life with God through the new birth. Confessing Jesus as Lord of your life. Believing that God raised him from the dead. He said when you do that, he brings salvation into your life. And when he brings that into your life, he says, any man that be in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. And now everything is of God who's reconciled. It's forgiven you of your past and giving you a new life to walk with him in strength. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today's a great day. If you never have, you might be wondering, I encourage you, make him the Lord of your life. If you're here this morning or you're watching, you don't know Jesus. Say, today's my day. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Anybody at all in this room, you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Praise the Lord. If you're watching, and since we can't see the screen, if you're watching and you say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, over this period of time, many reports have come in by live stream that they made Jesus the Lord of your life. Let's just work together. Let's pray with him. Let's all pray this together. If you're watching on live stream, you say, today's my day. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Just pray this together with us. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I'm ready to lay control of my life down and have you be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died for my sin and that God raised you from the dead so that I could be forgiven. And have a relationship with you. So right now, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, go on our website uh, to share your story and uh, let us know. We'd like to get a gift to you and some books that will help you uh, move forward in your life in Christ. You can be seated for just a moment. We want to pray for a couple of individuals in the body uh, before we go. And uh, so, Monica Everett, if you would come up, and Dave and Natalie Stemfell, if you would come up.
Praise the Lord. They're going different places, but I'll, I'll inform you in just a minute. They're holding hands like they're all going the same place, but um, praise the Lord. So Dave and Nat Natalie are, uh, I'm going to say semi-retiring because I don't think that they can uh, just do nothing. Uh, they'll get involved doing something uh, and are moving to Florida. And uh, they have been uh, just an amazing, amazing blessing to you all. So many of you know their heart as helpers. I mean, you've moved. Dave's been right there. You've needed a, a truck or a trailer if he had it. As somehow he was right there. Uh, Dave and Natalie are, are like helpers supreme. I hear stuff and they're like, oh yeah, Dave, Dave called me. Oh yeah, Dave and Natalie. Oh yeah. And they've worked on uh, live stream, TV. I mean, they've just put their hands, a uh, vital part of the body. We're going to miss them so much, but uh, we believe they're going to go and, and God's going to plug them in and they're going to take all that's in them and add to a, a church body and uh, uh, just really be a tremendous blessing. And uh, Dave's left me empty-handed. He's my golf buddy every Wednesday. And, I mean, I, I'm concerned about the church, but my golf game is a, it's a high, high level of concern here. And so, uh, and then Monica is uh, uh, going to, uh, really closer to home and helping with a church plant in Eagle, Vineyard Church of Eagle. Put her hand to that. And so we're sending her out in that way. So praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up? Stretch your hands out here. We're going to pray for Dave and Natalie first. And then, Monica, Father, we just thank you. God, we thank you for such a, a precious couple, brother and sister in Christ, who've given their time. Uh, they've given of their finances. They've given of their efforts, their abilities. For many, many years, they're really that epitome of love and growing the body, being a part of growing the local church body and beyond the body of Christ. And so we know that even as they leave, that will not stop. You've put that in them. Thank you. You'll lead and guide them to the, the church body that you want them to connect to, to help on and continue to grow. Father, we pray for the grace of this place to rest upon their life and ability of favor of God. I thank you as they leave, there is favor. You open doors that no man can shut, close doors that no man can open, that their path is lit up by the Spirit and the Word of God, that they know where to go, what to do. They have the Word of God to apply with wisdom. We thank you for that. We thank you, angels, guard round about them wherever they go as they travel. Head to toe, top to bottom, side to side, every vehicle they get in, everywhere they go, angelic help goes with them. We thank you, Lord, as they go, they have a covenant right and privilege to health and healing. And that they walk in that. No sickness, no plague comes near their dwelling place. That they walk in strength and health. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We will miss them. But we know that you still have great plans for their life. So we, we send them with our love. We send them with grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You guys can stay up here for just a moment. Don't run off. I want to hug your neck. But I want to pray for Monica. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. For the gifts, the abilities that you've put on the inside of her. 
I thank you that even right now by the Holy Spirit of God, those gifts are being stirred up to be helpful, to be profitable, to help establish and put down a foundation of a new local church. Give her wisdom and understanding. God, connect connection of heart, faith. When times get a little rocky, let her faith not fail her. But to know the things that you've called her to, that you're well able to bring about and to perform that which you promised. We thank you for the grace of helps ministry. It will help and come alongside of her pastors to support, to declare that vision bring insight to others to establish the work that you're establishing there. God, we thank you for a divine connection. We thank you for all that she's done here to help, to establish, to grow. Father, we trust that things have been imparted by the Spirit of God, the grace of God from this place that will strengthen her to help establish a new local work that will reach many, many people. Will cause many people to be born again. Men, women, and children born of the Spirit of God, rescued out of sin. As your hand rests upon her to help in that work, that outreach. We thank you, angels guard round about her to protect her. Thank you, grace is upon her to strengthen her favor. Your favor rests upon her wherever she goes. I thank you. Your ability to do what she's called to do. Not in her might or her power, but by the strength the Spirit of God gives. We thank you for anointing her for the next season of her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Love you all. Praise the Lord. Love you. We'll miss you. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to walk this way so I don't get all choked up. Glory to God. If you guys will go out into the the foyer, let people greet you, hug your neck, uh, tell them how much they'll miss you, appreciate you. Just make sure you just shake their hand, kind of make that contact. It'll help you remember at different times just to pray for them as they're going. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Say this we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any